0: Hey friends, I appreciate you tuning into the Deal Farm Podcast, where I hope you feel at least mildly entertained and possibly even inspired to take big action towards improving your life and your business. On this episode, I'm going to test Kevin's knowledge of real estate in a kind of ridiculous way. We're going to keep this episode a little lighter and explore some pretty amazing and insightful facts pertaining to real estate. Hope you enjoy
1: Kevin, what's shaking, my man? So much is shaking today. I have hardly enough time to do what I got to do. (laughs) such a good day. It's always a
0: good day when your task list is like backed up two weeks and it's just getting longer and longer and you you have no time to do anything. That's kind of where I'm at right now.
1: Let me tell you, I'm backed up.
0: You're backed up. They make uh, products for that, I think.
1: I need some products. I am (laughs) so backed up. Backed up. (laughs)
0: products for business backups
1: (laughs) business that's what say boy there's a million dollar idea right now products for business backups
0: (laughs) (laughs) backsatives for when your business is backed up
1: and that's what we are right now that's exactly where we are but that business is good right business is very good right
0: yeah business is uh, it's kind of crazy too i feel like my my business always flip-flops a little bit it's like in the great market Some somehow i'm like Buying dogs, and in the crappy markets, somehow I'm, you know, things are great. Go figure.
1: Things are cranking right now, though, and it is great, you know. And and go figure with the economy and the housing and just everything. But right now, man, things are fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Hey, today I thought it would be funny rather than bringing on a guest and talking about the same old, same old. Um, I thought it'd be kind of fun. Like, let's just talk real estate and like crazy statistics stuff that you would not even know about real estate, and just like blaze through a whole bunch of funny facts
1: i bet i know, you I, know think this I, out. I, I, I bet i just spit out some statistics you're gonna be amazed at my real estate knowledge i want to test that knowledge because uh <laughs> i have doubts
0: i'm not gonna lie i have doubts well i've you. got confidence if nothing else well that's good but i like keeping it light i don't know about you some days it's like let's not just dig into the nuts and bolts same old same old let's just keep it light and fun because yeah it's our podcast we can do whatever we want
1: absolutely and sometimes you just need a lighter kind of day because everything else is so heavy (laughs) this is one of those weeks man where i'm i'm feeling heavy and backed up heavy and backed up let's lighten
0: our load with yes yes with some interesting real estate conversation all right so throw it out what you got um all right let's start with uh an easy one how many housing units exist in the united states
1: Oh, wow. How many housing units? That's multifamily, single family, just everything. Anywhere somebody can live. I am going to guess at 350 million.
0: So just let me help you. I'm gonna give you a hint. I'm gonna throw out a hint here. The population of the United States is about 330 million. So your guesstimate means that there's... uh,
1: more than houses than for every single person to there's live by There's more houses themselves. than people, yeah. All right, so I'm going to say maybe a one-to-three ratio, so maybe 100 million?
0: Pretty close. Actually, that's not is too it? bad. 141 million. 141. So mm-hmm. ab- average is 2.3 people per housing unit. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. You know, you got to figure there's some houses that have seven, eight, nine, ten 10 people in it, and then other houses where they're second homes, vacation homes, where people don't occupy them all the time, and so it probably balances out.
1: Yeah, you know, what would be really interesting is, would and maybe you're coming up with this, is, but what is the combined value of those 140 million oh, housing? We'll get there, my friend. All right. We will so, get there, my friend. The anticipation is just bubbling.
0: All right. This is a statistic I feel like people always throw out in our space, especially on podcasts like ours, is how, what percentage of millionaires built their fortune through real estate?
1: All right. So we're talking about the percentage. So if you, if they all the millionaires,
0: And what percentage of
1: those millionaires made their fortune from real estate? I think it's probably a pretty high percentage. I mean, from what I understand, I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess 65%.
0: Ooh, not even close. 90%. 90% of millionaires. Well, think of how many people are just sitting on equity. The only reason that their net worth is over a million bucks is because they've got equity in their house. Think of all those Californians, man, that bought way back in the day and just sat on their houses and paid off their mortgage and they're millionaires now
1: yeah it's yeah people that bought for you know ninety thousand you know thirty years ago and now they're sitting on nine hundred and ninety nine thousand yep. right yep that's amazing though ninety percent again, that's why we
0: talk about real estate. that's why we're in real estate. People build their fortunes through real estate, yeah, they're not making
1: any more of it, right
0: at least not more land not more land um all right, I got another one for you. Which country in the world has the largest homes
1: coming in at an average of twenty five hundred square feet if you had to guess large homes. Well, I wouldn't say I, you know, I'm going to stay away from the continent of Africa and the continent of Europe. I mean, when you go to Europe, they're small, t- typically small houses. South America? No. I mean, I think I'm still going to go with the. I can't think of a, a country that would just has big homes like the United States likes big homes and big cars, and so I'm going to go with the United States. Wrong. I need a buzzer. Man, I need a buzzer. Why didn't we think about this? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Uh, Australia. Australia's got the largest houses. Um, United States was second with uh, homes averaging about 1,900 square feet.
1: That's interesting. Those Australians, Mm -hmm. well, they got a lot of land down there, I guess. Yep. Maybe inexpensive construction. I don't know. I don't know, man. They just like big houses, apparently. I guess so. All right, I
0: got got another one for you. Which country has the most expensive real estate market in the world?
1: Oh, so... You know, my, my thought's going to be someplace like Hong Kong, you know, small, dense. Ding, 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 ding. That's my correct buzzer. Ding, ding,
0: ding, ding, ding Oh, wait, I got a correct one. I'm you fantastic. got it, man. Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. Good guess, yeah. man. Great guess. Small, dense. All right. How,
1: the average American moves how many times in their lifetime? Holy moly. Well, you can't use us as an example. What we lived in, man, growing up, I lived in, was born in California. We moved to Texas, New York, Seattle, Washington, back to California, Georgia. So I moved a ton, but I think we're a military family, so man, more than the average. I'm mm-hmm. going to say the average, but wait, moves cities or just houses? Moves houses in a lifetime. In a lifetime. Man, I think my, my perspective is probably skewed. I'm going to guess five times. Mm-hmm. I'm aiming low. because I aiming I low, like... yeah. It's 12. 12 times. I think we're like at 20. <laughs>
0: <probably> at twenty. <laughs> probably. Um, I don't know if college counts. I mean, I guess maybe college counts. you about every year you're bouncing around. Yeah. Well, think about our folks. They buy a new house. What every three, four years. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Our, our folks are definitely above the average. They took the yeah. over on the average. Um, average it was 12, American... 12 times. What's that? 12 times. 12 times. Yeah. Twelve Over, times a lifetime. over the course of a lifetime. I mean, let's say if you live
1: 80 years, I mean, what is that? I mean, that's every however many years. So my wife, her, her folks still live in the house where she was born. One house, entire lifetime. So they're, they're the under on that 12 number. It though. would be, yeah, they would bring that They'd number back down. And our folks are bringing it back up. So
0: They're back on the over. Yeah, that's why yeah. we average out
1: yeah 12. One and 24. So there you go. There you land at 12.
0: mm mm-hmm. uh, The average American home seller right now is how old? Average American home seller
1: home seller uh you know i'm gonna go young because i think that younger people tend to be more transient the older you get more financially stable you should be and you shouldn't have to move for career or job as you get older at least not as likely so i'm gonna go younger and i'm gonna say late 20s so let's say 27
0: oh you're so wrong so wrong not even close. Even your logic was wrong <laughs> <laughs> even that was everything was wrong everything right 57 57 years old and that's they're typically they're typically selling to someone who's 10 years younger so the average buyer i guess is
1: 47. that's interesting and hey, what do you suppose that is you think uh the boomers are, are aging out and going into assisted living or something like that i mean what, what i guess i'm maybe maybe if
0: you took a cross-section of the average home owner though It's maybe that's probably closer to average homeowner right now. You know what? Maybe those folks in the twenties can't afford a home right now. And a lot of millennials have, have, have rented for a number of years. And really just now that's part of this boom. Part of our inventory issue right now is because millennials are just now getting into the buying market. Yeah. And so you've got a lot of 20 and even 30 year olds that still haven't purchased. That's right. Yeah. Um, right, got another one for you. There are more single male
1: or female homeowners in the U.S. Oh, I'm going with females. Absolutely going with females. These days, are you king? All the males are living at home in their parents' basement.
0: Ding, 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 ding. Logic was spot on. Yes, yep. female. There are more female single female homeowners than male single homeowners, interestingly enough. Yep. All right, let's talk uh, expensive zip codes in the U.S. specifically. What zip code? Now I don't. I know you're not. You're not going to know in a specific zip code, but let's let's talk area, Metro. where this zip code is located.
1: Uh, so my my uh, the most expensive zip codes areas. You know, I immediately start thinking South Florida, uh, upstate New York, along the coast and then southern california those would be i would have said san, bay area san francisco but you know everything is crazy going on there i think their prices that have tanked so those are the uh of those three i think i'm going to go with south florida
0: um and it's funny because i don't you said that the bay area has tanked i don't think that the bay area has tanked i think the bay area is still holding and hotter than ever and, and actually that's where the zip code is Nine four zero two seven.
1: It's Atherton, yeah, Bay
0: Area. And guess yeah, what the Atherton. median home value is? It's over a million bucks. It's got to be like one point seven or something like that.
1: Seven million. Okay, let's look this up. Where is this? What is, the, what is this? Nine
0: four zero two seven. Nine
1: four zero two
0: seven. It's probably it's uh it is Atherton. Yeah, right? it's Atherton. It yeah, so Atherton. I, Holy, yeah. Mo- I didn't know it was like that though. Average is holy. seven million. It's not a very big zip code. That's probably why. Yeah, yeah. And if if you look at it, it's right next to Stanford. I mean, it's Menlo Park. It's really
1: little. Yes, the really little zip code. I you know I knew Atherton uh, was the most expensive. But, so I have a friend who's a president of a college, located small college, small private college, located right in atherton and uh none of the faculty can can afford to live anywhere close to <laughs> come in from so well, no, far no, away
0: seven million dollar app that's crazy yeah it is crazy all right let's go in the other direction let's talk about the cheapest u.s city for renters so where is rent the cheapest across the uh, united states
1: uh and probably it's going to be municipality right correct all right, so I'm thinking south, somewhere in the south, and maybe a less developed. Um, I'm thinking, what do you think? Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, and there somewhere. Uh, so I'm gonna go with, uh, I'm gonna go with Mississippi, a city in Mississippi. What uh, maybe Jacksonville, Mississippi? Um, I think you're you know you're wrong, but it's
0: you're on the right. I mean it's sort of on the right track. It's Missouri. Okay, that's not it, too far from not there. Not too far. Springfield, Missouri, where the average rent is only $626.
1: There you go, folks. You want a place, a cheap place to rent. Go to cuz that's Spring. beautiful. I've always heard that Springfield was, Am I thinking of the Simpsons? Is that where the Simpsons live? I think Springfield is supposed to be Springfield, Illinois, I
0: think. Uh, is it? Okay. But Different um Springfield, Missouri. I wonder if that's I don't know. Is that Ozarks? Is that
1: I don't know isn't springfield the most common name like there's a springfield like in every every state of the country is there i wouldn't surprise me um all right let's
0: move on to the next one let's play i'm looking these at springfield
1: man. missouri though i want to i want to see what this place looks like
0: if there was a day of the week to list your home what day would you choose and why
1: I would do it on a Friday. This is just me talking because I think people would, are looking at the weekend. Hey, maybe we should go look at some homes this weekend. What's out there? They're probably less likely to be productive on a Friday, right? So they're sitting at their desk trying to be distracted, and so I would say Friday.
0: Uh, the data shows that homes listed on Thursdays sell for three thousand more than the uh, than the list See, price. They're, on they're,
1: they're getting ready for Friday. They're even they're just one day before that mm-hmm the
0: theory is that when serious buyers start that's that's the day that the serious buyers start compiling their list of open houses for the weekend and gotcha so, so they're, they're planning in the day
1: ahead because they're serious it's not just the casual window mm-hmm. shoppers yep
0: um all right thinking about the different generations that exist in our country which generation buys the biggest and most expensive homes
1: all right so I think uh, probably so here's my thinking there ba- baby boomers uh are the ones who likely have the the most resources to buy large but I think they're probably not as likely to buy big homes right they they probably bought a while and if they're able to afford it they sit there uh gen x which we are um, uh, you know also likely to have good resources at hand at this point probably more likely to buy the big homes and Millennials don't have; they're just getting into the market a lot of times. So I'm gonna go Gen X.
0: Ding 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 ding. Oh, Good right. answer. Good
1: answer. Go. Yep. Uh, Gen Xers on average
0: are buying 2,100 square feet with a median price of 305. Although that's gotta be, it's gotta be higher than that now. Yeah, it's gotta be. Um, most expensive state. If you look at the the average price of all the properties in a given state, what would you, you know, say? It,
1: so the. You, yeah, you would think New York, boom, or I'm mean, California. Immediately start thinking California, but California is so big, and you go inland, and then the prices drop, right? You're not going to spend nearly as much in a place like Redding as you are going to be in Atherton, right? So then you think about a smaller state that has higher home values. So then you think, well, maybe someplace well, New York, but again, upstate New York. I mean, prices in Buffalo aren't going to, you know, mm-hmm. is Manhattan really going to New York City going to bring it that up that far up? So then maybe smaller. Tyrant. so you think maybe new jersey with its proximity to new york city or massachusetts with boston even connecticut you know with its proximity Mm -hmm. yeah uh so i'm thinking northeast small state um and let's go with uh you know we'll give the folks up in connecticut the benefit of the doubt Connecticut. connecticut you know
0: what's funny is when i tell you this you're gonna be like oh yeah duh the problem is you're only thinking continental united states Oh, like hawaii hawaii
1: yeah you're right i wasn't thinking off you know offshore
0: yeah. yep Median home value in hawaii is seven hundred sixty-four thousand. it's the Meeting. most expensive place in the u.s to buy up
1: yep. holy schmoly have you ever known anybody who lives in hawaii like made that their home
0: yeah yeah a couple of people actually did we they, got friends that they. moved there like um and Braden turner moved out there a couple of years ago from bigger pockets um uh, anita's working with actually your friend the brady's Drew brady that you know Anita's working with her buy by house right now they they live there he was military um mm-hmm. but they lived on Oahu I know a handful of people that have lived out there it's amazing i mean I, I we we visited a year ago actually this month and it was a very lovely state clearly i mean it's amazing but at the same time it was amazing how much poverty there was too when you get off yeah. the beaten path just a little bit i mean the grocery stores were so expensive and i feel like a lot of the locals or you know, living off of food stamps, and there's a lot of shacks. Really? it wasn't what I expected. Kind of, yeah, it was interesting. Not all. I mean, obviously, you get a Waikiki or something like that's all very resorty. But you get off the reservation just a little bit, and it's not. It's a little dingy, and there's chickens running around everywhere. Oh, <laughs> well, why you chickens? Huh? Yeah. So they apparently they had um some bit, a hurricane come through so many years ago that blew the tops off all these chicken houses and and released all these chickens into the wild, and so now they have a feral chicken problem. That's they're just everywhere, just free ranging it, and you're and if there's some laws you can't hurt them either, so you can't really do anything about it, and they're just pooping everywhere, and it's
1: actually kind of bizarre. Well, go figure. I would I would not have thought that at all.
0: Yeah. All right, let's go in the other direction. Least expensive state to buy home. So now I think before we we did least expensive rent. Now we're doing least expensive state to buy.
1: Yeah. So again, I'm going back down to deep south. Uh, you know. Okay, so let's think about this. Certainly not Idaho or Montana or Wyoming anymore. Maybe Wyoming, but I still think I'm going to drive down to the deep south. Uh, I'm thinking uh, Mississippi, Alabama—not Alabama. It's probably going to be a, a toss-up between Louisiana and Mississippi, and I'm going with Mississippi again.
0: Mississippi, you don't like Mississippi, do you? Just I love Mississippi. Think about like the affordable real estate there. <laughs> Um, actually, this is a little cl- – actually, I'll give you a hint and let you guess again. This is much closer to you. West Virginia. That's it. didn't even think about that, so you're right. West Virginia. Yeah, it has a median home value of just under $119,000.
1: Yeah, well, West Virginia, too, is, uh, it's amazing. You get super rural, super fast. Yeah. When you drive back through West Virginia, it's like, holy moly, yeah, I buy that. Totally yeah. believe
0: that yeah west virginia is an interesting place
1: i remember mean, our yep. uh,
0: church back in the day our youth group used to do uh mission trips up there and mm-hmm. it's a different place man it's beautiful it's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Appalachian it's absolutely mountains beautiful. are just phenomenal but maybe because it's so remote maybe that's part of it you got just people tucked away in some of those hills yeah. that are just a little bit more remote and detached from yep.
1: I t- uh, virginia my daughter and i i took her up there to do uh, uh some rock climbing in this particular area which was gorgeous we had a blast um but just to get to this spot, it took hours of driving just little. It was the only way to get there. It was hours of country roads. Yep. Beautiful, but man, just hard to get to in and out of.
0: Well, that's probably what it is. That's maybe socioeconomically impacting the state is just the, the difficulty getting to, to so many places because it's so mountainous. Maybe, I'm guessing. That's Maybe my logic. so. All right. So for the last, um, let's call it six or seven years, the demand for second homes has grown. Clearly, we've seen it in our Florida markets where, you know, people have been buying up second homes, but yeah. by how much, what percentage increase in demand for second homes are we looking at over the last, call it five years? So it's not
1: what the demand is. What's the percentage increase? Percentage increase uh, since 2015. Since 2015. Uh, you think it's doubled since then? I bet it's close to doubled. Although, when I wonder when this was... I mean, the economy's done some wacky stuff here, you know, since COVID. Say within the last year. I'm going to say, I'm going to say there's been a, uh, if the survey was done the last 50, last year, I'm going to say there's been a a 50% increase for for homes, second homes.
0: You were right the first time with your musings, it was 99%. It's basically doubled. Doubled. It doubled. It doubled.
1: I You know, if this was done sort of while the market was still hot and everyone was just, everything was rolling, totally believe that
0: especially during COVID, i felt like COVID. everybody was like i need a second home i need to get out of the city i need to you know vacations and and maybe some of its remote work the ability to work from home people want second homes because now they don't have to be in the office so much but yeah isn't not interesting um well that
1: and people just have so much more equity in their you know boom they just woke up you know after a year two and boom they had a ton of equity in their existing home so it's like hey why not do this in the second house so it's an estimated total of 7.5 million
0: homes are considered second homes, which is about 5.5% of
1: total housing stock. Wow. 5% of 5%. The housing stock.
0: Isn't that interesting? One that in 20 is. houses are a second home. Crazy. Um, okay. Here's an intro. This, this, this is where it gets kind of funny and weird. All right. What percentage of Americans sell their homes due to paranormal activity? so we you got to define that Uh, all right so because they had an
1: out-of-body experience
0: or because aliens showed up or eh, haunting some sort of weird haunting haunting. experience something supernatural that
1: spooked them and they're like i gotta get out of here yeah uh well that you know that that's i wonder how they got hard data on that you know and do you have to is that a disclosure like you have to report you know i have to mail someone else because there's a ghost
0: um you know they're actually just read that it is a disclosure so different states will have different disclosure rules um But uh, in 1991, the Supreme Court decision, also referred to as the Ghostbusters ruling, helped drastically decrease the odds of accidentally buying a haunted house. Isn't that crazy? So lack of disclosure could result in a contract rescission. So you do have to disclose if something
1: paranormal happened in your house. So next time things go sideways with the property, just go back and be like, you did not disclose that there was a ghost in the basement. Yeah. He's a friendly ghost. I thought you'd like him. I thought he was coming with us. I yeah. didn't know he stayed. I didn't know
0: he was going to stick around. <laughs> one in uh, one in ten Americans. Can no,
1: no, that? no way. Ten percent.
0: One in ten. Not only experience it, but sell their house due to it. So not only did they experience it, but there was like, we're out.
1: Peace we're out. out. We're done. Isn't that
0: crazy? Ten percent. Okay. So uh, what percentage of people claim they've lived in a haunted house? How many people say, "Yep, yep, my
1: house was definitely haunted." Well, if there's one in ten who sell their house because of it, it's got to be more than that, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, so think about all the people that are like, "Man, it's a friendly ghost. I'll stick around." (laughs) Yes, yeah. What do you think? (laughs) I don't know. Well, it's got to be more than ten percent. So you know, I'm going to say thirty percent because you think one, only one in three would actually sell their house, right?
0: Right. Forty-four percent. No way. People (laughs) claim they've lived in a haunted house. Is that crazy? It blows my my
1: mind. Over forty percent of people. Oh yeah, I'm like, could you imagine being at some sort of dinner? Hey, everyone who's ever lived in a haunted house, raise your hands and have forty percent of the people raise their hands.
0: And it's almost half the people believe that their house is haunted or has been haunted. That's nuts,
1: man. That is crazy. That absolutely is. Now I could, you know, if you lived in a murder house, you know, you're in a home where there had been a murder or a death. But that's that's not forty four percent. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. And how do you, I mean,
0: so, so somebody moves into a house and they decide it's haunted. And then they come back because you didn't disclose it. Like, how in the world do you prove that, man, you knew this place was haunted. You didn't disclose
1: it to me. How does that conversation go down? I don't know. You know, the lights keep flipping on and off and the cans of beans keep moving from the pantry. Know, yeah. so and, you know, meanwhile, on. there's some 13 year old just laughing his head off. Right. This is hilarious. I keep yeah. moving the beans.
0: He starts a lawsuit because there wasn't disclosure, but it's very funny. <laughs> So that's you can't start
1: a lawsuit though. That is that is a suitable offense if it's not disclosed. I guess so. I
0: mean, I'm not sure what your recourse is. You could at least cancel the contract. Yeah.
1: Uh, but that's before you bought
0: it. I mean, after you bought it, then you're stuck with Casper.
1: Hey, so 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 do you have to this related in some respects? Do you have to disclose if there's bats in a house? Like you've had <laughs> problems with bats. I, I I lived in a house where. Uh, so true story time, right? So I lived in a house. The people who lived there before me, they'd had problems with that bats. Bats got into the house. They had kids, so they got all nervous. And so they all got uh uh rabies shots because they didn't know, oh well, maybe you know, we've been exposed. I knew the people, so that's the only reason it wasn't disclosed to me. I live in the house, and one night I actually got bit by a bat in the middle of the night on my neck. The bat landed on me, bit me on the neck. True story. I remember and that. I, that
0: was that was crazy. That was straight up was. Dracula going on in your house. It did,
1: did you could not believe went to the doctor, like, oh yeah, that's a bat bite. Went and saw a nurse. Yeah, that's a bat bite. Went to the ER. Yep, yeah, that's a bat bite. Right on your right on my neck. So then I move out. It's like I'm I'm done with this place. And I think <laughs> that the next people had problems with bats. Um, you have to disclose that. I mean, it's not not a ghost, but I hear bats come back to the same house over oh, and no. over
0: really that's so crazy well so your experience getting uh shots for rabies shots wasn't it in- like insane wasn't it like 10 shots in your neck or something crazy oh yeah
1: no i got shots in my neck my arms my legs I had to go back for three different rounds of shots if you ever have a problem with a rabid you know raccoon i'm your guy like i can't get rabies now i'm i'm i'm, I'm good oh this is a lifetime vaccination
0: yeah. against lifetime rabies
1: warranty yeah i'm, oh, I'm man. good yeah you're supposed to go get boosters every once in a while but i think i'm good I saw a squirrel running around my yard
0: the other day with foaming at the mouth. Maybe I need to get you down here. Absolutely. So I, I, I I could take yeah, I yeah. You're the guy. Shots, big old big fat rabies shots right uh, into my neck. That sounds horrible, man. I can't believe you got bit in the neck. Any like are I mean, your your um incisors? Are they getting any longer or anything since all this has happened? Have you decided you want to drink blood? Are there any weird desires like Dracula I hate, I desires? Hate- I get my steak a little little rare now. You like your steak a little more rare, okay? A little more rare than before. yeah Does that classified as a haunting? I wonder. Are you one of the forty
1: four percent? You know, I just thought you know it was pests in the house. So,
0: uh, you to to your question, I think it's probably state to state what's on the typical disclosures, but usually pests and whatnot are disclosed, and if they're not, then usually a home inspector. Mm We'll find the droppings. they will find evidence of a pest, and it usually comes up in an inspection. And, dra- and right. bats are no exception; they poop everywhere. That's right. So yeah. I had a house.
1: I had a house where the uh, there were squirrels in the attic, and then it, it came up on the inspection. I found all the squirrels' nests, droppings, yep. everything. They'd made their home there. So,
0: yep. Usually, it still
1: gets it has to get dealt with. What about snakes? <laughs> you got
0: snakes? Oh my in the gosh! Bed. I
1: you know I don't think you have to disclose anything about snakes. <laughs> you don't have to disclose the snakes. I think you're okay there. As long as you I just snake down anybody. here in the. I had a snake in my basement a couple of days ago. Actually, did you? Yeah, I did. A nice juicy one, or uh, a... yeah, it was a small, it was a small guy. But it was like the second or the third one I found. Small. I mean, they they ain't hurt anybody. I'm not they're... selling this house. I don't have to disclose it to anyone, particularly the kids. They they don't need to know about it. They don't nobody
0: needs to know anything. Friends coming up, but it goes.
1: I'm gonna tell you, I, just, I disclose a ghost.
0: You gotta tell them. Um, so here I got a good question for you. I know me personally, I like a big yard. Absolutely. I'm guessing you like a big yard as well. I but love a big yard. When you're talking about our generation, Gen X, and then the generation behind us, millennials, do you think they typically want big yards or not big yards? What is I'm the consensus?
1: No, I don't think millennials are, are necessarily valuing the large yards because they they're greener. They they you know they, mm-hmm. they don't want to have to mow a big lawn or care for a big lawn or a big yard. I, I would guess that millennials don't value a large property as much as a Gen X. I think we like them more.
0: Um, well, we're lumping them together. Um, interestingly, I I actually probably would have reasoned the same way you did, but two-thirds of millennials and Gen Xers want access to a large yard or outdoor space.
1: So so they get lumped together. We both would want that.
0: We both want that. Yeah, we want yeah. the larger yard. So even millennials, two-thirds of millennials and two-thirds of Gen Xers want the larger you know, it's, I, I would have lumped it into you. They want to be more in town, postage stamp size lots, don't have to worry about maintenance. They they want to have some freedoms to go you know, into town and party and do it. But they actually want the, they want the outdoor space. They don't mind the maintenance. The boomers. Third. What do you think with boomers? I think boomers now want the smaller pain-free yard that they don't have to keep up with. I'm sure. Here's another one for you. What percentage of buyers in the market want a detached home compared to like a townhouse or a condo and you got to think you got to lump in all the markets think about all the different (laughs) markets around the Doesn't everybody
1: everybody wants a detached home market it's like oh i want to be you know brick to brick with the neighbor we assume
0: everybody wants what we want the big yard detached house the privacy that's not necessarily the case so nationwide what percentage of buyers want the detached versus the attached in the condos
1: all right. So the question I think that you're asking is what percentage of people live in markets where that's just the given like that? That's that's, you know, so if you're in a, a giant metro area like New York, D.C., Baltimore, even a lot of New Jersey up through Boston. Well, and it's not it's the survey
0: was what their interest was. So this is yeah. what people want, not necessarily where they live.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I still don't think it's going to be. Well, maybe, maybe. Okay. So I'll, I'll go higher than I think. I'll, I'll increase it to maybe 40%. 40% of
0: buyers want a detached house is what you're saying. Oh,
1: Detached. Oh, detached. okay. Well, yeah. I would say
0: 60. Yeah. 60%. That uh, okay.
1: would go One. lower. I, I want to say higher, but I'll be conservative. So 60, 60
0: you're saying 60% want to. That's pretty darn close, man. That's pretty darn close. 67. Yeah. I wanted to go higher, but I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm, I gotta be more conservative because that's what I want. I wanted to, you know, I would have gone higher. But again, I'm just assuming everybody wants what I want. So yeah. I'd probably said 80 or 90, but no, 67%. So yeah, 30, 33% are, want the townhouse. They want the low maintenance or the, or the condo. Huh? Interesting.
1: But think about this. How many people live like in a high rise, you know, in a downtown right. metro area? Yeah. Uh, we were a couple of years ago in a situation where we actually looked at us like, what would that be like, you know, spending, spend a year or two living. And it was like, that would be, a I didn't even thought about what life would be like, you know, living on the. 50th floor you know overlooking the city and it's like that would be a really different way to live and then you realize there are a lot of people living that way like these big cities there's lots of high rises where people live on the 30th floor the 22nd floor and they got a balcony and look over the city and well especially in other countries
0: i mean we take for granted how much land we got in the united states but you got other countries and they're jammed in there like sardines and everybody's living in high rises
1: and the whole idea of living in a single family is is, it's like property that doesn't even exist so
0: unless you're in australia australia it's like let's get not, a big house but not in hong kong i was gonna attempt the australian accent i just didn't because i, I know i was gonna was fail i was gonna fail pretty bad with that uh all right, i got a good one for you average home purchase takes how many days so typically the you know, purchase, a contract like a contract Yep. Yeah, i mean most contracts are written what 30 today 30 to 45 days but how on average how long does it take to close a house
1: I'm going to, well, so I would have said 45 days thinking, you know, average is 30 to 60 days, but you always run into problems, right? You always run into issues. I mean, there's always something that comes up. So instead of 45 days, I'll push it out to 55 days. I don't know if I want to go all the way to 60. I'd say 50, 55, 55? 55, 55, <laughs> 55,
0: 50 fat, uh 51 man you're getting uh, some of these are pretty darn good kevin i'm actually impressed with your real estate acumen that's pretty, just i i just know guess. but it, you're just. pulling some pretty good answers out of your rear end i'm not gonna lie using the logic up my rear end all right here's a question about real estate agents all right if we look at all the real estate agents uh across the country what percentage of those agents live in california
1: So, I, so the question is: Does California have a disproportionate number of realtors, like more or or, or fewer? And I think you know, you figure, boy, there's there's money in being a realtor in California because so it's not even active realtors; it's just people who got their license. Is mm-hmm. think about all the people who go and get their license, but then you know they never actually end up listing or, or doing mm-hmm. anything. Yep. So I'm going to say that it's probably high because I think it's probably attractive. And so uh, it's a populous state. So I'm going to say, uh, well, it, it was the question uh percentage?
0: Percentage of realtors nationwide that live in California.
1: 10%, one in 10. Which would be a good guess
0: because it looks like California's population is 39 million. So it's a little over 10% of the overall population, but it's actually 20%. Of real estate oh, agents live in California, in five, so one in, one in five realtors live in california and you got to wonder if that has to do with uh just the, the market being so expensive it's like you could be an agent and do one deal and you're good you know, and make pretty good money make thirty, thirty, forty thousand 40 thousand dollars in one deal for the
1: year yeah well and it's probably re- it's more attractive there too right because you know that it's like yep. hey you know i do one I deal make really good money here yeah yeah um
0: all right homes with what color front door Sell for the highest price. Black. Freaking a, Kevin, you're so good at this, man. It's black. It's black. It's are we make- looking at this? <laughs> I did not give you my show notes. You did not. No, you did not. I'm impressed, that. yeah man. A home with a black front door might sell for up to $6,500 more. Yeah, black doors. With a slate blue front door coming in second, you wouldn't yeah. have got that, guaranteed. No,
1: I wouldn't have gotten number two, but black black makes sense
0: crazy okay so um i got another interesting for i didn't know this um why are brass doorknobs doorknobs why do they use brass for doorknobs i guess is the question
1: well it's not really brass it's just a brass look isn't it um nope actual brass i mean
0: uh, so yeah there are some that are fake brass but like brass was you know obviously used for doorknobs for so many years but why what is it about brass doorknobs or one of the features that was attractive um for using brass on doorknobs
1: that's good. That's a good question. So I so we live in an older home that has uh several brass doorknobs still in it. We have slowly replaced them. Uh, but they well, I was gonna say, so what's been nice about having brass doorknobs? Man, mm. they uh they shine up nice, but you gotta mm. it's like well, you know, it's kind of a pain having to shine them up, but they do shine up nice. Um that's all I got. That's all I can think of is, is the shiny. I mean, they don't. They, they don't conduct heat well, or it's final
0: I answer is shiny?
1: shiny. They shine. They clean. <laughs> they're shiny.
0: Yeah, oh. we got a much better reason than that, uh, and I didn't know this. Um, they can actually disinfect themselves.
1: Oh. brass oh.
0: disinfects itself through something known as the
1: oligodynamic effect. So you're saying I should put some of those back on that? You know, get some of the, the brass door. I got them right here. I got. I got a i got a bin right here brass doorknobs we've kind of been changing them out over time go touch it man it's been disinfected naturally yeah. by itself See, you know? kids you don't have to wash your hands anymore just use that brass doorknob just go rub your hands on the doorknob and you're good is that why houses you know what in the 70s 80s you know everything was brass doorknobs the fixtures the that was that was the color for a long time
0: i must have been multiple i mean uh it's probably the disinfectant reason and then people yeah like the look of brass but I had no idea that they self disinfected go figure. All right. The typical homeowner stays in their house for how many years? And I will say that it's gone up since 2012. It's gone up. 2020 was a good bit higher than even the average in 2012. So people are staying in their houses longer. How many years are we talking? I'm going to, I'm going to go
1: with five years,
0: 13.2 years
1: and so, so here's so I got a question there so but so the average staying in 13 years but the average 12 moves that oh. is too long that's it yeah I was thinking all right so if you're moving 12 times average and you spend five years there's 60 years of home ownership. <laughs> Our statistics are conflicting <laughs> that's, that's a good point. That, that was my thinking I mean there's there, there's my math behind it, but it's like yeah you average staying in a place 13 years but you're gonna move 12 times that's wow. funny I'm maybe sure that
0: uh maybe you've got people kids moving out of houses and whatnot that count as moves but maybe the, uh, the family house has been in the in, in the family for so 13 years that could like yeah that. that could yeah 13.2 years man um all right we're winding down here i got another fun fun fact for you we all love at the end of the year seeing all of those property assessments and how much taxes do but how long has property taxes been around where did wow. the whole concept of property tax originate?
1: Uh, you know, a lot of those things came about after World War II. Were there property taxes before World War II? I'm trying to think. Yeah, there were. There were property taxes before World War II. So were there property taxes before World War I?
0: I'll give you uh, a hint. I'll give you a hint. Yeah. Go way back.
1: I was going to say, because... You, you, uh, is it in the united states or just when did when did property taxes start in the history of civilization oh so we're pre-united states then yeah pre-united states so like constantine or something like that no nah, i probably wouldn't go back that far so i gotta think of like like king george or something like that that's the only king i can think of from england right now uh way farther the i'll way. tell you roman you're empire
0: not, you're not even close way back 5000 far- bc <laughs> in ancient, ancient egypt there are land taxes that can be traced back that far is that crazy
1: that is pretty We crazy. can blame it on
0: the Egyptians for It would have taken
1: war. me a while to kind of work my way but I would not <laughs> I could have we going to the for Egyptians. A minute. Yeah.
0: Uh yeah, 5000 BC. Wow. So we'll blame it on the old pharaohs for us paying yeah. taxes today. It's Pharaoh's fault. The world's biggest house. How many square feet?
1: World's biggest house.
0: I'm going to give you a quick hint. It's in uh it's in India and it is in the Guinness Book of World Records and it's a very big house.
1: And I'm not going to attempt
0: to pronounce this guy's name Mukesh 200. Ambani. Actually, it wasn't that bad. Mukesh 200, Ambani, 200,000 square feet, 400,000 square feet. Man, I, I was I was only
1: got through the foyer.
0: 27 stories, multiple swimming pools, and 168 parking spaces. I guess he's got a lot of friends. Um, okay, here's an interesting fun fact. The real I'm, estate I'm, agent. I'm actually
1: looking at a picture of it right now. Are you really hilarious? Yeah
0: it's I I mean, this, like this at this point does this guy occupy it by himself with a family or is this one of those things where now it's it's open to the public and people like to tour it
1: What is yeah this i don't know if, do? i don't know if they do tours or not but i don't think i'd want to live there it's still it's still in india <laughs> yeah pass i'll pass
0: uh all right so we're talking real estate agents and this particular real estate agent sold the most homes ever sold and this was in 2020 Mm -hmm. how many homes did this one real estate agent sell in 2020
1: so numerical transactions in a single year Mm -hmm. yep by one agent by a single agent who probably had people working i'm sure yeah he clearly had a team he had a team yeah uh so i'm just thinking of, of like how you would scale up to a spot to do i mean where you're doing multiple could you could you do could you do 500 could you really like you know more than three could you get up to like 500 in a year
0: so if you're if you're doing 500 in a year that's more than one a day right? oh yeah right right well so- you think
1: a bit and that's you think that's that's a couple because you're you're well you're not closing on sundays you maybe you're doing a closings on saturdays so
0: and this guy i'll go and give you the guys name his name is ben caballero and he's a real estate agent in dallas texas and he was doing it in dallas too in dallas I mean, yeah how many down. homes did this dude sell in 2020
1: yeah, so I'm going to dial back. I think 500 is pro- probably too aggressive. So we're going to say, I'm going to say, I'll go higher than I think. And I'll say, let's say 400. Let's say he did more. Ah, that's too much. That's still too much. I would think
0: team. Think team because the dude's got to have a team. He's got to have a team. All right, so I'll stay with 500. I'll say huh. 500. So he's doing more than one a day. 6,438. No way. Yeah.
1: No way. That crazy? One agent.
0: One agent, man. What's this guy's name? ben caballero so uh our brokerage in 20 in 2019 we did before we sold it we had we did a thousand over a thousand in a year but now it was it was the brokerage so this guy's built a team with just a whole lot of agents to to do that kind of volume i mean it's yeah. a, it's all under his name but he's got a massive team of people
1: six thousand four hundred thirty eight 2015 he became the first real estate professional to exceed 1 billion dollars in home sales in a single year.
0: That's crazy, dude. Well, he did way a more billion. than that though. In 2020 he did way more than that.
1: Yeah, right, right. I know. That was you back in 2015 and he's scaled up since then, so. Yeah, not even not even in the ballpark. That's crazy. That's so funny.
0: Uh, all right, right, last th- we should,
1: we should have him on the show. Let's, I know, yeah. <laughs> He didn't want to be on our show. he didn't care
0: mm. um last interesting fun fact the very first real estate agents um who really operated as unlicensed dealers back in the early nineteen hundreds were called what they're kind of like unregulated house flippers, but they were uh they were sort of the first real estate agents and they had a name any idea what that nickname was
1: a nickname uh I can make up something funny. Give me just a minute here. You know? <laughs> Roof knockers. I don't. Yeah, I don't Roof know. Knockers, that's pretty close. That's pretty close. Roof knockers. Yeah.
0: Now curb stoners. Curb stoners. Curb stoners. you were also the right track. known
1: just as stoners.
0: Stoners. Yeah. Real estate agents. Stoners. Synonymous. Curb stoners. Curb really. stoners. we just pissed off at all the real estate agents. I'm not a stoner. <laughs> curb stoners. Yeah. What do you? Yeah, think but about you're that, also
1: known. So Ben Caballero did a lot of curb curb stoning he was a big curb stoner
0: <laughs> he was he big time. Time stoner. maybe the biggest curb stoner
1: where does that name come from you got that you have that there with you
0: doesn't say i don't know something about curbs Just stone curbs. stone curbs i guess I and mean, this maybe goes back to the early the 1900s i mean that's what that's the curbs right. were made of
1: and guess what this this house has a stone curb in front of it maybe that <laughs> was an easy way stone. to increase the value and a black door
0: exactly yeah we listed it on a thursday
1: <laughs> with a black door and a stone curb
0: lots of interesting fun facts about real estate to lighten your day if your day happens to be uh, a
1: little bit backed up needed this today is this needed. kind of is a sort of a mental flush with everything yep. that's going on this is yep. something i'll carry with me throughout the day now i know that uh, ben caballero's flipping mm-hmm. thousands of homes in dallas
0: thousands think about all the cheap homes that are next to you in west virginia the expensive homes in hawaii Let's think drive. about those Australians in their twenty five hundred square foot houses.
1: So I'll be in California next week and as I go to In and Out to get my burger, I'm gonna remember that there's a lot of realtors there. Probably as I as I walk Lots around, of realtors. Look at all the realtors here. Well, and think about all the haunted houses as
0: you drive by those neighborhoods.
1: Forty four percent. Forty four percent of homes that you're gonna be driving. As I fly over the country, I'm gonna be looking down yep. at all those haunted houses.
0: Detached homes, attached homes. Yeah, lots to think about now when you're uh, you're perusing the the neighborhoods in California.
1: Yeah, I say we do this every so often. This is, I this think so, It's a healthy exercise. It is. It is. All right, I think next week
0: we get back into it, man. We dive into the nuts and bolts of real estate. We had our our light week. We'll get into the heavy, stuff, the heavy stuff next week.
1: Yeah, we'll find a good guest to bring on, tell us about how they're doing life in the real estate market. But it's fun. This is great. Let's see if we can get Ben Caballero. I like it. We'll give it a shot. I'm going to reach out to him. <laughs> Sounds good.
0: All right. See you, man. Have a
1: great week. See you. You too.
0: Friends, thanks so much for making it all the way to the end of today's podcast. If you or possibly a friend has any interest in learning more about real estate investing or opportunities with Red Barn Homebuyers, take a minute and head on over to redbarnhomes.com and check out our investors page or our franchise page, or just drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Can't wait to see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm.